Now, in this message series in June, we want to capture attention around that phrase. Just one more thing. Um, where we look to God's word to speak about important matters of life. And last week we talked about grads and what it means to learn from others. And this week we want to talk about dads. And because this is a guy service, I told our planning team that we are going to do this in 20 minutes, this message. So like buckle up, here we go, um, and whatnot. Now today we're going to be talking about a father's wisdom. So let's just begin by watching this skit. Uh, kids are asleep, and Tracy's in bed. She said to tell you goodnight. Mm, good, good. I am so glad you came down and surprised us. Your mom and I, we live for this kind of stuff. I know. What are you watching? I'm watching Cheers. I love Cheers. I used to love to watch you watch Cheers. Huh? Nothing. Mm. Well, watch this, watch this part. Watch what Norm's about to do right here. <laughs> I've seen these episodes a thousand times and never get tired of it. <laughs> uh, quit my job. You did, huh? Yeah, I quit my job, Dad. I don't know. I just, um, I just hated it. I hated going to work. I, I didn't have any passion about what I was doing. I never got to see Tracy and the kids. So I quit. What, what does Tracy say about all this? She doesn't know yet. I came home Friday and I loaded up the car. The kids were so excited about seeing Mimi and Papa and Tracy just looked at me like I was crazy, but she was happy to come too, and I guess I just had to come here. I had to, I wanted to feel safe. I tell you what, tomorrow morning your mom and I will watch the kids, and why don't you, um, why don't you take Tracy up to that diner up the street, and you just, son, you just sit down with her and you, you just talk to her, you just, you just tell her, you, you just tell her everything. Look, I mean, you always told me that, that, that God created me for a purpose and, and that, that I should be passionate about what I do. And, and I'm, that's why I made this decision. I mean, it was your advice that was just ringing in my head the whole time. You, you told me that. True, true. I, I was the one that told you that. I guess, I guess I just need some more of that advice. I need to know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. There's going to be some bumps along the way, but none of this, this took, took God, God by, by surprise. surprise. I always overlooked that advice when I was a teenager. <laughs> Most people do. Son, there's a purpose for you here on this planet, and you've got to take some risks and figure out what it is. But get your family behind you first. Are you behind me, Dad? Yes, I'm behind you, literally. I'm right behind you. Seriously. Hey. You're my son. Chase your dreams, you're not getting any younger. 
Speaking of not getting any younger, I better go to bed because tomorrow morning, if we're watching those kids, they are like electric chihuahuas. Have you ever noticed that? They are like this bundle of energy just in a small amount of space and time. I don't get that. There's nothing you can't do. Huh? Nothing. Tell you what, finish cheers for me, all right? And if you want some advice, listen to what Norm has to say. It's coming up. What's he going to say? He's going to tell you that it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and you don't want to be caught wearing milk bone underwear. That's a pearl of wisdom. Yep. Good night, son. Good night, Dad. Let me say hello to the Brentwood campus. It says, today we talk about a father's wisdom. Proverbs 2, 1 to 6 says this. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. You know, this passage reminds us that the next generation needs wisdom. And more to the point, fathers need to decide to help their children find understanding and purpose and wisdom. Dads, your children need wisdom. Now ask yourself, what's my contribution? Did you catch that phrase at the beginning of this passage in Proverbs 2? My child, listen to what I say. Now the question is that for all of us speaking to the next generations, but for the dads on this Father's Day weekend, I have to ask myself, and you other dads that are here today, you have to ask yourself, what wisdom do I have to say? If I say to my child, listen to what I say, and they, they turn and pause and say, okay, what do you have to say? Well, what wisdom do I have to offer them? You know, I think dads can have three responses to that question. You know, the first response is, is a minimized response. It's dads who go, well, I have nothing to say. You know, I think that may happen for a variety of issues for them saying that, for that, that type of response. You know, a dad may say, well, I feel insecure. You know, I mow my lawn now, it's June, but it doesn't look as nice as those home and garden magazine pictures. I know I'm not driving the latest sports car. I look in the mirror and I realize I'm not the fittest father and I'm not the most athletic or the smartest or the greatest success at work. I may also feel unsure of myself. I mean, why bother? They don't listen. They're listening to their friends. They're listening to their music. They're, and all that's going on on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I may feel uncertain too. I mean, the world is changing. What used to be true doesn't seem to be as true and what is right for one doesn't seem to be right for others. And what I consider to be an, an important value, well, now others just dismiss it. Seems like there's always a counterpoint to everything that I may say, well, this is important. You know, the danger of the minimized response is that it overlooks the reality that children really are looking to their dads. We teach this at our Faith at Home seminars. I mean, did you see the importance of how many bubblegum balls you dads get compared to how many bubblegum balls the church gets? Way more. 
Um, there was a survey conducted in the USA, but I believe it has carried over here, highlights um, what are the most significant religious influences. And we teach this at the Faith and Home Seminar. And according to the results, mothers and fathers have the greatest religious influence, not just in preschool and children's age, but also youth, grades 7 to 12, when dads feel like maybe they're losing their sons or their daughters. Dads, don't minimize your role. I mean, here's another illustration that shows your voice and presence matters in their lives. A study from Penn State researchers um, published in the journal Child Development tracked nearly 200 families over a seven-year period. Not surprisingly, the study found that kids generally spend increasing amounts of one-on-one -on -one time with their parents in the early years of adolescence. But time with mom and dad starts to drop when the teenager hits about the age of 15. However, the longitudinal study also found at least one surprising result. Teens still need time with dad. One of the researchers put it this way. The stereotype that teenagers spend all their time holed up in their rooms or hanging out with their friends, well, it's just a stereotype. Our research shows that well into their adolescent years, teens continue to spend time with their parents and that this shared time, especially shared time with fathers, has important implications for adolescence adjustment. More specifically, the study noted that, generally speaking, the more time teens spend with their dads, the higher their self-esteem. Also, the more time teens spend with their dads in a group setting, the better their social skills are. Ann Crowder, Dean of Health and Human Development at Penn State, says that teens with involved fathers may develop higher general self-worth because their fathers go beyond social expectations to devote undivided attention to them. Dads, we have to decide, and underline that word in your mind right now, you have to decide to be fathers in the lives of others. We have to be present and patient and persuasive with those who matter most to us in order to point out what matters most. For example, when a father says to his 13-year-old son or daughter, well, when it comes to church, I think I'll let them decide, how is that wise? If I care about how they're doing in school or how well they're doing in sports, why wouldn't I care about what affects their eternity? Well, there's the other response that dads give when we, the question is asked, what, you know, what wisdom do I have to offer? What wisdom do I have to say? Well, this is what I call the mistaken response, where the phrase comes out, well, my opinion is right. You know, we dads can have lots of opinions and beliefs that are simply mistaken. I mean, there are dads that believe it's never good to express your emotions. There, there's dads that believe if someone lets you down, never trust that person again. There are dads that believe that only good people go to heaven. There's dads that believe that everybody gets what they deserve. There's dads that believe that the fastest way is the best way. There's dads that believe that there's one set of rules for church, and then there's one set of rules for the rest of the week. There's dads that believe as long as you're making money and you're happy, that's all that matters. Dads, you realize that all those statements that I just said, that when you filter it through the word of God, instead of ringing true, they ring false. You know, the Bible says there's a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. Let me simply ask you this, dads, where's your source for truth? Is it rooted in the stories of your family? Well, that's just how the Morehouses act. That's just how, and then you fill in your family name. That's what we do. Is it rooted in the mindset that comes from taking cues from your culture? Is it rooted in your desire for what brings benefit just to you? You know, I heard this the other day. What we do simply serves as proof of what we believe. So let me ask you, what do you believe? 
As Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, what you're building your house upon and what you're teaching your children to build their house upon, Jesus says you got a choice. You can teach them to build foolishly on a house built on sand or you can teach them to build on the rock. So let me ask you, what do you believe? How does that shape your ethics? How do you determine what is right and what is wrong? How do you treat other people well? How do you make good decisions? What are you building your choices upon? And how is that shaping your character? And now that brings me to the third response when we say, what wisdom do I have to say to my children? You can remember. You can say, well, I have nothing to say. That's the minimized response. You can say, well, I, I, I know it all. I, I, my opinion is right. Um, but we come to this last response, and I want to call this the gospel response where we say, as God has taught me, I will teach you. The writer here in this passage tells us how important this wisdom is. As a parent, he is calling out his child to listen and to look for wisdom. He says, cry for it, search for it, seek it like hidden treasure. But then at the end of this passage uh, that we've highlighted here, he takes us to the source of wisdom. It says, for the Lord grants wisdom. Dads, what has God taught you so that you can say, this, my son, my daughter, my child, is what now I can teach you. This is what God has taught me. What has God taught you that you can teach others? Has God taught you never to underestimate his providence, that nothing ever surprises God, that you should just obey him and then leave the consequences to God? Have you understood that he's in control and the story is never over? Has God taught you the need for grace and mercy? Have you learned how all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, that we're all sinners, that you can't work your way to heaven? It's not that good people go to heaven, it's that forgiven people go to heaven. Has God taught you that? Has God taught you that it will be grace that will take you home? Has God taught you to keep eternity before yourself and others? Has God taught you that real success is being a servant of all? Has God taught you how much he loves you and you know this is true as you see what Jesus did on the cross? Has God taught you that trust in the Lord with all your heart really does pay? Has God taught you to let the word of God help form the basis of understanding what life is really all about? That the scriptures, that the scriptures has given us the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And as Paul says to Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It, it, has God taught you to have conversations with your children where you say, well, what does the Bible say? And And you look at what the Bible says. Has God taught you the power of prayer? Has God taught you that what you're becoming as a dad, as a man, as a person who's put his faith in Christ is far more important than what you do? Is what you're becoming starting to shape what you're doing? Has God taught you that one life surrender to him can have a huge impact one dad surrendered to Christ's way, the impact will change eternity. Let, let me tell you what God ha, um, has taught us dads will shape your character at the end of the day. Let me quote something I heard from Max Lucado. Children don't like lectures. 
How many of you really enjoyed it when your dad sat you down and said, okay, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. You didn't like it, and your children don't like it. How does that quote go? Dad, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are too loud. Crisis does not develop character. Crisis reveals the character within. Character is not taught. Children catch character. Character is not taught. Character is caught. Dad, how will your character be a presence in your children's lives and will challenge them to live for God's purposes? Well, I'm down to three minutes and 50 seconds. Brentwood Campus, this is incredible, and I'm on my conclusion. Listen to this, dads. In a recent 2012 interview with The New Yorker, rock legend Bruce Springsteen said that his broken relationship with his father lives on in his songs. For example, in the song, Adam Raised the Cain, the younger Springsteen sings about the father who walks these empty rooms looking for something to blame. You inherit the sins, you inherit the flames. The songs were a way of talking to his silent and distant father, Springsteen said. My dad was very nonverbal. You couldn't really have a conversation with him. I had to make my peace with that, but I, I had to have a conversation with him because I needed to have one. It ain't the best way to go about it, but that was the only way I could, so I did, and eventually he did respond. He might not have liked the songs, but I think he liked that they existed. It meant that he mattered. The past, though, is anything but past. Bruce Springsteen admitted his yearning for what he calls Daddy. My parents' struggle, Springsteen goes on to say, it's the subject of my life. It's the thing that eats at me and always will. Those wounds stay with you and you turn them into a language and a purpose. The musician, T-Bone Burnett, said that rock and roll is all about daddy. It's one embarrassing scream of daddy. Well, dads, made by God's grace, we share the wisdom we know in God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ with those we love the most. Let's pray. Lord, today we come and we just ask that you would first of all really help us see that all wisdom is found in you. Lord, that um, when we cry out to our children, listen to what I have to say, Lord, may it be because of what we've seen, what you've taught us in Christ Jesus. Lord, I just pray that each man here will have a surrendered life to Christ and that they will make him their Lord and Savior. And Lord, as they live out their faith before you, that Lord, that they in turn now will help to say to their children and to all those around them, this is what God has taught me. Here's what I can teach you. Lord, we pray for each father here. And Lord, we, are, we don't want to have a minimized response and we don't want to have a mistaken response. We simply want to have a gospel response. Because Lord, we're going to be dads not because we're so good. We're going to be dads because of your grace and your mercy and your wisdom. And we give you thanks for this in Christ's name. Amen.